Hey there, folks. Alex Lokes here, and welcome to Classic Camera Revival. As we continue into 2021, we are interviewing various photographers and podcasters as our lead-up to our 100th episode in March. So if you're a member of various film photography groups, such as the Toronto Film Shooters Meetup, Negative Positives Podcast, and the Large Format Podcast group, you will see our guest today often with experimental film noir kind of really out there work but really awesome work so without further ado let's welcome jamie marsalis to our show and roll the intro welcome to the classic camera revival Coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. So, Jamie, welcome to the show. And before I continue, did I get your last name pronounced right? Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yes, you did. Awesome. Well, thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast. And with us today is also... The one, the only, Mr. John Meadows. Good day. So let's kick this off, John. Okay, Jamie. Our first question for you is, unlike a lot of us old-time shooters, you come to film photography fairly recently. Can you tell us how you got into film photography? Yeah, I mean, actually, I guess photography fairly fairly recently. Um, So I, probably for the last five or six years, um, I'm... Uh, an avid runner, I guess. And so for most of um, my activities, I used to just take my phone with me and take various pictures of sunsets, sunrises, silhouettes, that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, after putting in a bit of work, getting a little bit better each time, uh, somehow I found um, just through doing some research and things like that, um, different uh, YouTube videos, uh, different blogs, uh, things like that. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but uh, about two years ago, uh, a little bit less than two years ago, um, I started researching the fact that film was still available. I didn't know it was such a thing. And uh, so I made the decision to uh, sort of dive down the rabbit hole on nothing other than I wanted to become a better photographer. And I thought film was kind of cool. And I had missed the whole thing. Uh, you know, back when I was a kid, um, I did a little bit of taking pictures just with family and things like that, but never really um, had a had a camera worth anything other than probably, you know, a cheap Kodak point and shoot. And um, so I ended up buying my first camera, which I still have. It's my favorite camera. It's my OM-1. And I guess, as they say, the rest is history. Well, there's nothing wrong with an OM-1, right, John? Not at all, since I just got one. And actually, I was out with Jamie the other day. He got on my first shoot with it. Nice. Nice. So, Jamie, for for someone who just started, you have a very consistent style, which definitely makes your work stand out. What inspires you artistically, and where did this style come from? Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, I appreciate the fact that you you think I have style, so <laughs> I'll, <laughs> you, you I'll take the do. compliment. Um, uh, so... Probably it all started um, actually the the beginning of, of the pandemic. So in Canada and the pandemic was, as you guys remember, um, sort of late February, early March. Um, 
I hadn't been shooting a heck of a lot of film, I think, uh, last year. So in the year that I got my camera or my first cameras, I guess, um, I probably shot, you know, six or 10 rolls or, or something like that. Um, and at the beginning of COVID, I decided that, you know, it was something that I wanted to get better at, really improve. Um, I had visions of becoming this, you know, sort of rich and famous street photographer, which I know is neither a thing, but, um, you know, I, I, I sort of wanted to uh, develop things. And so um, I ended up reaching out to uh, a blogger who I had I'd, uh, first found uh, way back when, a uh, guy by the name of JT White. Uh, he goes by the the uh, Instagram of at JC, JT and Soul, um, who's a Canadian guy living in Korea, uh, for the last number of years. Anyways, um, he sort of did a mentorship with me, um, did some education and things like that. And, and one of the things we focused on was really um, sort of nailing consistency and nailing a bit of a style. And so uh, the, the honest truth is I just shot a ton and a ton and a ton, as, as you probably both know, because uh, back in the spring, I was exceptionally active. I think I shot probably exposing a roll a day at some time, sometimes even mm. twice a day. Um and um, re- really just trying to learn camera, learn a lens. Um, I was using one focal length, one film, um, one in set of development, really just trying to get, um, you know, a- as, uh, as you've indicated, a consistency to um, look and feel. And, and the honest truth is it just comes from putting in a ton of work. I think between March and August, I probably shot... I don't know exactly, but well over 150 rolls. Um, and then uh, I, I've slowed down a little bit now. Um, you know, I've moved on to some some large format and things like that. But I, I just, you know, was persistent in, in putting in a lot of work. At the same time, um, the other thing that I was doing was um, and continue to do is really starting to study um, some of the greats. And so it's, it's something that uh, Josh... Josh and I really worked on, which was basically take a picture that you, you know, find interesting or find um, that you enjoy and um, try to figure out, you know, the, the details of it. What, um, you know, how was the light affecting? What type of light was it? Was it light from a torch? Was it light from a window? Like what, where, how was the lighting affected? You know, what was the photographer thinking about? what kind of compositional things were, are in it. I'm just really trying to geek out on, on a, on a photo and, and try to understand it. And then, you know, take some of those learnings and apply those to, to yourself. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing is um, to be consistent. You have to be consistent. Is that cliche? I, I don't know, but. Um, no, not at all. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I like just, I think continually do the same thing. I, I think we fall into, and, and I, I realize that, <laughs> part of the podcast is really about gear. I think we fall into that trap of trying to chase that next piece of gear. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's really, um, I think all pieces of gear are great. If you really learn the nuances of what you have, mm. um, you know, my favorite lens that I, I have is, a, you know, is probably not a terribly exciting lens by any standard. It's a, you know, Olympus 51.4. Um, but Those I just are great lenses. Well, it, yeah, I but it's not, it's, it, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, you know, a, a Leica or, a, you know, a Voigtlander or some of the classic lenses, right? But um, it's got a unique look to it. And, and I figured out sort of where it can make some sense for, for different things, like for portraits, it 
shines really well at f4 mm -hmm. um and and so you know again going back to that consistent just keep keep putting through it now we've been talking about consistency but the, the next question might sort of almost be a bit of a contrast and uh purists might want to plug their ears for a second <laughs> but uh I, I how, think i know where this is going <laughs> yes how how do happy accidents air quotes figure into your work <laughs> So, so it, it's this great thing. Um, it's part of, to me, it's the part of magic about film. You know, film reacts differently based on a whole host of factors, as we, as we all know. Um, in some instances, it's just because of the actual who was working in the factory the day that that film was rolled. Um, and, and so I, I've learned to come to appreciate that uh, as just some unique things that come along with it. But now as I've gotten a little bit more down um, down the rabbit hole. Uh, I've actually tried to start exploiting these happy accidents. Um, you know, the weird light flare or the, you know, the odd texture. Um, I, had, I made a photo on the weekend um, using some, some um, um, photo paper and it just had this weird texture on it, which I thought was really interesting. But so to, to the question, happy accidents, um, Part of it is, so, and this is definitely purist plug ears. Um, I use the same developer, but I don't measure the developer necessarily. So I, you know, don't measure it to an exact um, number. I sort of just eyeball it. Um, I don't measure the temperature at all. Uh, I do can keep it consistent in terms of time and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, my dark room isn't always the most perfectly dark, uh, but it all seems to always work out. And the odd time you you get these really interesting things, like I was saying, with um, with the interesting texture or, or light or things like that. Um, there, was, there was another photo that uh, I made a couple of weeks ago where it, using four by five, and I didn't realized after I took the picture, it was a self-portrait. I realized that the film back wasn't totally clicked in and so it had this bizarre light leak, but it was in the perfect spot um, that really added this, uh, I guess, je ne sais quoi to the to the photo that I quite liked. Um, and so it's it's really about, I guess, some consistency, but then also being inconsistent with, uh, you know, doing things like that. Um, I don't use a light meter, um, certainly not for thirty five, except for in really challenging light. Um, in four by five, uh, I oddly occasionally use a, a light meter but not all the time I, i've sort of figured out and then i think lastly is what i've come to love is is um old lenses and uh and long exposure portraits um you get this sort of softness the light reacts a little bit different um and so these are all just sort of different ways that i can i guess create some unique um look and feel into into the image the overall look is consistent but those little pieces add, you know, I think something maybe artistically to, to the overall uh, photo. So what you're saying is that in your case, there is such a thing as luck. <laughs> I think it's all luck. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know uh, people starting out say, oh, measure your temperature. It must be 20 degrees or it must be 24 degrees or, or whatever it is. Uh, I don't think I've ever measured. Um you know, developer must be fresh developer. Uh, I have some developer right now that is um, from, as some of you guys would 
would appreciate Fomapan turns developer blue blue green mm -hmm. mm. and so it, it is the most radical color of blue green because i think it's probably a month or two old um yet it pushes out some really great photos and and i don't i'll, I'll figure out when is the time to change it um and and then you know when you get into printing and things like that um i, I use dectal for for a developer and uh i have a stock solution that's set up but i don't use it necessarily. I just keep reusing the same solution and just splash a little bit more in the odd time when I'm not getting the blacks dark enough and <laughs> just different things like hey, that. As long as it works. It seems to so far, but maybe <laughs> I'm just lucky. <laughs> well, there's in photography, there's no such thing as luck. When I say luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Mm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. So in your recent portrait works, you've, you mentioned being inspired by the Victorian photographer, Julia Margaret Cameron. What is it about her works that particularly resonates with you? It's uh, a great question. Uh, um, so if, if any of the listeners haven't checked out her, her work, do a Google search and just see some of her portraits are, are phenomenal. So she was a, um, a artist photographer in roughly her active period was uh, roughly 1860s. Um, not terribly well known because mainly she was a woman during that time. Um, but she did uh, take photographs of people like Charles Darwin and, you know, some other famous figures. Um, but she has this sort of style, which is uh, soft focus, um, which is, I think, a thing, I guess, in, in, um, uh, large format or, or in wet plate. Um, but it, mm -hmm. it creates this really sort of soulful, um, kind of moody, uh, really interesting photo where you actually feel like you're there connecting with the person. And, and it's something that with my own portrait work that I've really tried to work on, which is creating that connection with, uh, with ever, whoever the portrait is of. Um, and so she's got this great thing. And then I think, you know, wet plate, um, you know, it's, it's something that's interesting to me. Um, there's an artist that we, we all know, I think, um, who, who sort of got me interested in, in the idea of, of wet plate. Um, but wet plate also creates this really interesting, I think, look and things like that. And so her, her work is just great. And I think what I've tried to do in terms of mimicking it is, um, it's, it's a bit of the COVID, uh, you know, pandemic thing, which is it's really difficult to go and take portraits of, of people. And so my kids become my portrait people and um, they, they are sometimes reluctant. And so what I'll do is just take a picture in her book, one of Juliet Margaret Cambridge's book, open it to a random page and just say, okay, we're going to do this one and try and um, mimic the light and, and, you know, the pose, obviously the costume is a little bit different, but the pose and the, um, the sort of, I guess, mood over overall mood of, of the picture. And so it's, it's helped me from a learning, you know, different lighting and the effect of it and things like that. Um, and then I think the last thing is it, it's, you know, as anyone familiar with wet plate, um, by and large, you're talking about exceptionally slow, um, uh, film, I guess it's not film, but, um, exceptionally slow. Yeah. Emulsion. Thanks. Um, exceptionally slow. And so I'll, I'll try and mimic that by using exceptionally slow, um, film, whether that's, uh, you know, some Arista or, um, you know, photo paper or things like that, that generally are rated, you know, ISO 
somewhere between one and six. Yeah. Um, and you get this, this long, you know, 10 to 30 second exposure that um, just has this magic in it. And, and I'm sort of stealing the line from, from a friend, but you know, those long exposure portraits have a lot of life in them. There's heartbeat, you know, breath, thoughts, mm-hmm. um, emotion, and, and all that sort of thing. And, and, and I think that's just kind of amazing. Now we'll talk about, uh, we have to talk about gear at some point. I think it's in our contractual <laughs> agreement. Um, and we start off, we've talked about your Olympus OM1 and I agree. Uh, I've been forced to use, uh, start using lighter gear. And I just love that kit because it's so portable and I could see why it would be a great uh, first camera, but uh, you've migrated into uh, to large format. So tell us about your uh, your large format experience, like the kind of film you're using, the lens, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, thanks to you, John. Um, I, I, I sort of put it out there to, I can't remember it was on a, on a zoom call or something like that, that I would love to get into four by five. And next thing I know, John's sending me a message saying, well, careful what you wish for. And so (laughs) lo lo and behold, in the, in the summertime, um, John hooked me up with, uh, uh, monorail four by five, uh, camera. Um, and so, uh, the benefit of monorail is I think you've got a lot of movement in the, in the camera. And so the, for those that aren't familiar with, with large format, um, movement allows you to change the plane of the, uh, film effectively. And, and so what that does is you can get different areas that you wouldn't normally get in, say 35 millimeter or, or 120, where you can get um, sides of the image out of focus yet, you know, a main portion or main subject in focus. And, and it just becomes really interesting to, to play with uh, light in that way. Um, so, but more specifically to the gear, um, I got a couple of, of lenses mainly because I was really wanting to, to get shooting. And so I picked up a, um, a Fujinon uh, 150 millimeter uh, lens as my first one. Good uh, choice. Played around. Solid choice. Yeah. I run a I run a 125.56 as well. It's my usually my go to lens on my uh, current graphic. Yeah, well, so it, it's a great lens. It's um, you know it's got a I think a good mixture of sharpness. Um, they're relatively inexpensive. I think I paid certainly under two hundred dollars for it. I think um, including a lens board. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the, the nice thing about that, and so what I did with that uh, in the early part of the summer is I did a lot of long exposure self-portraits, um, usually in, in nature. And so it requires, uh, you know, 50 feet of, of a um, pneumatic bulb um, and sort of a sense of where you're focusing and, and different things like that. And, and so I use that for quite a bit. Um, I've, I've moved on. So I, I found on, I think it was Facebook Marketplace, I found a old uh, Zeiss Tessar uh, 105 centimeter um, lens, which I'm not even sure if it was actually a large format lens, um, but, but found a back that I could screw it into. And um, man, that's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful lens. Uh, I paid, I think 50 bucks for it. Nice. Um, it's definitely not sharp, um, no. which is, which is okay in my, in my book. Um, it's, it's fast for a large format. It's, uh, F 3.5. It goes up to, 
uh, F32, which is okay. for, for large format, all you need. I think um, I have a similar lens, a Kodak one. Yeah. Well, the issue that I have with it is there's no, uh, there's no shutter. Um, I'm sure I could find a shutter and mount it, but um, mm. what I've been doing is just uh, using ultra slow and, um, and, and using a lens, lens cap as a shutter. So, mm-hmm. you know, roughly speaking, my, my minimum shutter speed is a second and, yep. um, or is that maximum? Maximum shutter speed's a second and then minimums, whatever it can be. Um, yep. But I've had a, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, nice. So the the only issue of the monorail is it's super heavy, and so I've been I've been lugging it into the forest and things like that, on hikes and and uh, with a tripod and with a kit it it ends up being pretty heavy. So yeah. I I'm I'm in the market. Um, I have maybe a couple of um, old folders. Uh, one that's a nine by twelve centimeter folder, and I think another half plate folder half or quarter plate folder. I think that may be arriving in the next couple of weeks. Nice. Um, just for something that's a little bit more portable that I can. I so can. you'll be putting in an order with the uh, Ilford um, ultra large format, I guess. Uh, so it's nine by cent- nine by 12 centimeter, which is the European four by five. So it's oh, okay. slightly less than four by five. Yeah. Um, and but the Ilford order it does stuff like that. Ilford does it. Um, FOMA, you can get FOMA. And really? uh, in nine nine by twelve, yeah. Um, nice. For our Canadian listeners, uh, Argentix sells that. Um, I think you know the the big sites in the US, B and H, and things like that sell it as well. Yep. Um, so th- there's there's a few options, but it it the the main interest for me is one the um, the couple that have picked up the lens characteristics again have this sort of uh, eerie softness to them, which I'm really interested in. And then, and then it's just the portability because the four by five on tripod is, is getting a bit heavy to lug, you know, five or six kilometers on a hike. Um, yeah. it just becomes a little oh bit too much. Yeah. 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 John, um, is your back hurting just listening to this? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's basically why, you know, maybe I'll come back to it some year, but I just found the like I used to have a speed graphic and I sold it just because I remember being hunched over under the under the uh, under the cloth trying to focus and my eyes aren't the greatest right now and I was saying you know it wasn't fun for me but that doesn't mean I would diss the format at all quite uh, quite the opposite it's it's amazing the uh, the kind of atmospheric results that uh, you're getting Jamie yeah, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, I mean, the the thing uh, um, selfishly I love about four by five is I can go in the morning and make you know four or five plates, and you know develop them in thirty minutes or less, depending on what develop developer or film stock I'm using, and then you know print them in the afternoon. And so rather than in thirty five where you're maybe you know, now that I'm not shooting as much, maybe taking a week or two or three to, to sort of get through a roll. Um, I still have that excited kid um, thing of, of film. It's one of the things I love about it. When you pull film out of the developer tank or turn on your lights, if you're developing in the dark, it's like that magical quality of, did I get an image? What did I get? Did it work out? It's, it's every single time it gets me. It's pretty amazing. It's, it's what I love about printing. When you throw the, the paper in the developer and that and that print starts to come to life it's like man 
there's there's very few magic things that are left in this world and that to me is just magic i know there's chemistry involved but it's just magic to me uh, it's magic i think yeah. i think you've just crystallized in a couple of sentences what the magic of film is yep pretty much <laughs> so as someone who just recently got into large format what would you say to someone who is contemplating trying large format photography for the first time just do it (laughs) jump in the water is warm um i mean i think the biggest issue is cost um and i I wouldn't say necessarily film cost um certainly if you're looking to shoot uh, color film uh, it's exceptionally expensive Mm -hmm. um and if you're looking to shoot you know kodak film it's exceptionally expensive i think you know kodak film you're talking about five to ten dollars a sheet um depending on yeah, what that's about uh, right what 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 format and, and, and you know that's for four by five um you could certainly pay more for larger um but uh you know the gear finding a decent quality camera um you know is expensive but what i say is those little um four by five or nine by nine by um 12 centimeter folders that were prevalent in the anywhere from the turn of the century 1900 to 1930s mm-hmm. um i've after now looking at a bunch of them you can get into one in really good shape including film backs for you know under 200 bucks canadian um, yeah which, which which is amazing they're portable um they don't have the benefit of interchangeable lenses but if it's something that you're just not sure whether you want to do um jump in um but there's lots of great choices uh film there's tons of great stocks um there's inexpensive stocks like so the arista ortho is like super cheap and cheerful i think you can get a uh 50 pack for under 20 bucks mm-hmm. um you know, which I know compared to to thirty five, you're saying fifty for under twenty bucks. Well, I guess it's actually probably about the same as as uh, um, you know. You can use if if you guys if anybody prints, um, you can cut up your film paper and use that as a paper yeah. negative. Um, it's you get actually great results with that stuff. Um, there is a Ilford product which I really love, which is a Harman positive. So it's a um, photo paper, but it creates a positive on development, mm-hmm. um, and it's not terribly expensive. I think it's you know thirty or forty bucks for for twenty five exposures. Um, but bear in mind, like you know, for anybody listening, it's not that you're going to go out and burn fifteen exposures in a day. Um, the time it takes to set them up, and you know lug the gear and find something to, to expose and things like that. Like I think my busiest day has been maybe eight or 10 sheets. Um, and that's probably a lot. Like usually you might shoot three, four or five, six sheets in a, in a day. Um, but everything else is easy. Development's fairly easy. There's lots of good development options in terms of, you know, tanks and, and parts that fit into to those. Um, you can trade develop. So for, most of what I've done is just tray develop um, either under safe light for some of the uh, ortho or, or the paper type things, or just in the dark for, um, you know, some of the more traditional emotions. Um, but I guess the, the long winded thing is just dive in. It's uh, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I think if you're into uh, landscape or portrait, um, the when you see the the negative 
um, come out and the size of the negative, the level of detail, um, you know, it's in, in the, if the depth of field that you can get is just phenomenal. Um, like it's 35 doesn't come close to it. <laughs> no, not even close. No, I mean, it, it's sort of ridiculous. And, and so what I do is, um, you know, I've, uh, over the last, I guess in the summertime, I started printing as well. And so I just make, um, I, like, I don't have a great scanner. Um, so I just make contact prints. And, and if I decide to, to share any of those on, on the net, I, um, just scan the contact prints, um, mm. which is, which is lots of fun. Yeah. Um, because then you get the double magic, magic of development, and then also the magic of, of printing. Mm-hmm. So moving from uh, the camera to uh, to film now, we've already mentioned a few uh, film alternatives. What would you say are your favorite film stocks, both in 35 and large format so far? So good old HP5 has is, is been my go-to um, in, in 35. Um, I have basically HP5, those, you know, 150 to 200 rolls that I've shot, probably uh, 98% of them were HP5. Uh, usually, initially, I was pushing that to 1600 because of the contrast. I found it a bit too contrasty. So, um, you know, over the last four or five months, it's been HP5 at 800. Um, and and I, that's just basically been my go-to. Uh, I tried HP5 and 4x5, and I just didn't quite love it. Um, it just didn't seem the same to me, and I don't know why that is. Um, so I was doing some of the more odd things, um, like the Arista Ortho that I said, the Harman Positive. Um, but lately, uh, I found Fomapen 100 uh, in 4x5 is just gorgeous. Um, and it's slow enough that I can still, on a bright sunny day at F22, do a one second exposure and it works mm -hmm. out really well. Um, um, but the, the tones of it are, are really, really nice. Um, in 35, I've moved into FOMA 200, um, which has been something of interest that I've just gotten into. Um, I'm not a big color guy. Um, so I've tried color. I've tried um, Ektar, Fuji 400, and Portra 160, 400, 800. Um, probably my favorite out of all of those is actually the Fuji 400, which is super cheap and I guess not pro, but um, but I've just found it's it's been interesting, but I, I, I'm, I'm not a big color guy. I, it just never renders really to what my mind thinks it should look like, whether that's because I... Maybe I'm secretly colorblind. I, I don't. I don't know what the reason is, but it just never looks as good as what I think it should. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm just not sure. And so it's been. I've learned just to say, okay, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. So I think I've. This past year, I made maybe three rolls of color. Um, you know, out of out of all the stuff, and so I've just avoided it. So, HP uh, five is go to. Oh, I love T Max four hundred. Um, I got off it because uh, in my early days, um, you know, 10 months ago, I, I wasn't the best at exposure. Um, and so I find it has a little bit less latitude than HP5. Like HP5, I think you can 
basically mm. just bl- blindly shoot it and it will you turn can, out. You can torture HP5. Yeah. Like I think there's, I say there's five stops of, of latitude. There's probably like seven or eight. Mm. Um, whereas I found Tmax was a little bit more finicky. Um, but now that I've gotten a bit experienced and, and can um, read light a lot better, um, I shot a roll of Tmax 400. I think last week and man, the results were so good. The, the midtones of that film are just amazing. Um, I should mm-hmm. say I use T max developer for everything. Um, mm-hmm. partially because that was what was available. Um, but it's just become that consistent, easy. I know the, the timing for everything and, um, yeah. and it works. So I use that for HP five. I'm happy with the results. Obviously for T max, I also use it for foam the pan and, and I'm really happy with the results of it. And last um, last question, what are your plans for 2021 now that we're a month in? Do you have any special projects coming down the pipe? Um, so I'm, I'm working on something right now, um, which is uh, uh, currently has a, a title, a working title of Consuming Nature. And so what it is, is by and large, large format, um, both landscapes as well as um i guess environmental portraiture mostly self-portraits um that are out in in the woods and 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 different things like that and so i have made as of uh right now roughly 80 frames that i'm really happy with and so i think i'll probably continue to to work on that over a year um maybe longer until i build up you know, probably a good 150 to 200 frames that I'm happy with. And then I'll call that down into, into some sort of a, something, a book or, or something like that. Um, and then I'll just continue to work on the portraits, um, portraits. I, I quite really enjoy. Um, it, it gives you a lot of artistic creativity. Um, and it's, it's just a great release. And so my more poor kids, over the next few months, <laughs> we'll be we'll be tortured with every time it's like I bring out the camera. Actually, it was funny funny story on the weekend. I I brought out the camera, and uh, I called my youngest up as I said, uh, "I need you for a second. She comes up. She's like, "No, Dad, I don't want to do pictures. No, 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 no. I'm doing a self portrait. I just need you to work the shutter because it's too far away, and all it is is a lens cap." So uh, it, she's like, "Okay, fine. I'll do that for you. No problem." But <laughs> nice. Anyhow, yeah. Um, but I, I think that's um, probably enough. I'm looking to probably um, do some dry plate work. Um, so that's something, uh, that I'm looking to get into, um, just to create a little bit of a different look. Nice. What else do I have planned? Um, I've been doing some alternative printing. So I started with some salt printing and probably, um, uh, we'll do a little bit more of that, uh, over the next little while. I think, um, that, that will be interesting, especially if I can get into doing some of the glass plate stuff. I think I'll have an opportunity to make some really nice things um, having a, an actual glass negative instead of, you know, basically a, um, digital negative. Mm. Um, and so those, those are things that I'll probably continue to do. Nice. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for, um, joining us today, sharing, being just an overall awesome photographer. Thank you. 
and just sharing your work. It's definitely always a joy to see your name pop up in my notifications or see you as I'm scrolling through Instagram. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, um, you know, it's really great. I think, uh, the, the community has been exceptionally welcoming and, and, uh, what you guys have been doing for, especially in Toronto, but I think just, just, uh, you know, in the broader community is, is amazing. So I, I appreciate cause I know, uh, I've sent you both some, what I feel like are, are silly, probably often asked questions and you've been exceptionally patient and answered those. And it's been, it's been great. So thank you so much. Well, uh, that wraps it up for this episode. My name's Alex Lokes. Um, as Jamie said earlier, jump in. The deck tall's warm. <laughs> you want to sign off, Jamie? <laughs> well, I have to follow that. Uh, my name's Jamie Marcellus. Uh, thanks for listening. And I guess go big or go home. Is that a thing? Definitely. And this is John Meadows. Remember, the secret to happy accidents in film photography is if the picture turns out, it was never an accident. <laughs> <sighs>